<laughs> Allie forgot to quick record on her podcast. We just talked for an hour. <laughs> Dude, I swear. Yo, I swear I hit record. I thought you said, I thought at the beginning you said, oh, I'm going to hit record. And then I thought you had said, oh, like, wait a second. And then you went on your tangent, or like our tangent together. And then we were chatting. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I don't see the red record. But I was like, maybe there's a Skype update. I don't know. Dude, I definitely thought I hit record. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I noticed it and I didn't say anything. Oh, man. We should the whole podcast and didn't record it. We literally just did the whole podcast and we didn't record it. Okay. Well, you know what? This is like the theme of the week. Like, the amount of things that I've had to do that were harder than they actually needed to be, the list grows. And it doesn't stop with this podcast because to everyone who's now listening because we clicked record, <laughs> we've been talking for an hour thinking we recorded it. And I noticed we that I didn't see the record button, but I thought... I didn't I think I twice about it. I thought I hit the button. Yeah, so we had some really in-depth conversations about some really cool shit. Dude, and I thought that was like a very... thought that was, it was really good. good. Honestly, and like our new jive is like click record immediately because we just go straight into combo mode and like it's like it, it moves and grooves and it's like less scripted and it's like just a better... It makes for a better pod and like we just we didn't we're not delivering right now because we just we I'm like i'm very we, disappointed no don't be i'm sorry it's, it's okay. I, feel like my, uh. was, I mean we got it like okay i i don't even think i can do my uh my pitch on how to my new ideas on education that i've been thinking about i don't even think i could do that again i was hoping i could listen back to it and then <laughs> like perfect your um go to market strategy <laughs> just, just, just refine my thoughts you know i, thought, I mean oh, i will say when when you were talking i literally just saw you like at the at like either on a screen or in front of parents like pitching your new school to a group of people in a community and being like this is the new this is the new way of thinking and it's join me on this world. journey <laughs> Uh, dang it i'm like yeah i'm like distraught i can't believe that just happened no Um, okay well what did we start talking with i mean we can let's begin with the guy who cracked the uber eats and uber yeah promotion let me pull and this, this is brilliant for all of you who might need a little extra cash right now. Let's help you help yourself and make your dollar go a little bit further. I think it's a great like case study on just like taking advantage of an mm-hmm. opportunity or like finding finding an opportunity, hunting down an opportunity to take advantage of. Um, okay, so all you'll need are the following. A brand to give you amount of money x for first time purchase or a purchase well you need a you need someone to give you a referral code so like i get yeah i download an app it says hey tell your friends if your friend joins then you'll get five dollars and they'll get five dollars 
Exactly. And they you have to be... use the code. They can't Should just like... Should we try this with Robinhood? But it won't Robin work Hood? because I was it's just not... thinking that it was going to work with Robinhood because we're on the same exact wavelength. And it wouldn't because you have to send them the link to their phone. And they use that referral URL, that unique URL. So brands may have caught on. Well, smart brands. Smart brands. Dumb brands haven't. And they're going to give you a code like use X, like whatever code it is. XYZ123. Every person who uses this code, you'll get $20. They'll get $20. Exactly. So in this example, this guy, he runs e-commerce companies, uh, so he's in Google AdWords all the time. Um, he had a $300 credit for Google AdWords. Um, Google AdWords, so essentially you bid on keyword searches. So people search for baseball and you're bidding on that word. If you have the highest bid, your ad shows up at the top of the search listings. Mm-hmm. Am I explaining that correctly? That's exactly right. Okay, so this guy took his uber code that he got when he first downloaded uber that said when someone uses this referral code they'll get a 20 dollars credit and you'll get a 20 dollars credit he took his no i don't think it even said that i think it just said free uber ride use xx like x one two three yeah that's that's the that's the ad that he made but the uber promotion that he took advantage of was If you use, if you give someone your referral code, you'll each get $20 credit. So he took his ad credit from Google, made an ad that had his Uber code and he bid on phrases like free Uber ride, first free, free, first ride, free Uber, things like that. Mm -hmm. And he had, was it, it said something like 10,000 unique clicks, unique clicks on, on his ad. Mm-hmm. And of those people who clicked on the ad, they got the code. They used the code. This guy made tens of thousands of dollars yeah, in I think free he... Uber credit for spending yeah. $300 on an ad. And the brilliant part was that Uber was letting you transfer the money from Uber, like you would use it on Rideshare or Uber Eats. And so he was like, I'm going to eat for free. But yeah. he couldn't spend the money fast enough which is like the brilliant part of how much hilarious. money he made and then he's like i'm gonna buy groceries so he would like order like the gatorade from the chinese restaurant and be like, six ordered- gatorades <laughs> <laughs> like six gatorades and nothing else from panda express so um, good he talked about it on uh they have a podcast uh, it's called behind closed doors it's on the group chat news youtube page it's pretty funny um but he talked about it of like he would just um he would just like Uber eats water bottles to like wherever he was so he could have water. And like every meal that he had, he was getting from Uber eats and it was free. Cause it was just like, it was just him. So he's paying like around 19, 20 bucks. And if it went over $20, she just had to pay the difference. So if it was 22 bucks, he just paid a dollar. Yep. Amazing. It, oh God. It's so brilliant. And then it, so it ended when Uber was like, well, you can't use uber eats credits that you got you can't use uber credits for ride sharing on uber. did it end because of that or did it end because he used up the money because he had did it for a year yeah he did it for a year let me pull it up um let's see 
<laughs> he made an Oprah an Oprah meme that just said, "You get a free meal. You get a free meal." <laughs> uh, he literally. So oh, good. and then the other thing he was doing, so he would just text his friends and be like, "Yo, Venmo me ten bucks and order anything you want." So mm-hmm. not only was he getting food from Uber, but he was making ten bucks off his friends for making the for placing the order for him this is the best business dude this guy is smart um okay the worst day ever i woke up like i did every morning turned off my alarm and tried ordering my egg white omelet with bacon avocado on the side and a hash brown and hash browns um had to get it as close to 20 dollars as possible because if you don't use it you lose it this time my order total was 1956 i rubbed my eyes i must be still sleeping this must be a bad dream Turns out it wasn't. My thousands of dollars of credits didn't work on Uber Eats anymore. The gig was up, but I had a great year, so I couldn't complain. So he makes it sound like Uber it didn't work on Uber Eats anymore. Mm-hmm. He could maybe still use it on Uber, or maybe he eventually just used all the money. I'm not sure. Either way. Oh, does this, still, does this still work? Yes, from any company, for any company that still does a program like this, it will work. I've done it for countless other companies, but nothing that I cared about as much as free food. <laughs> hey, nothing motivates people like free food. Oh my gosh. Gosh. So it's, so, good. it's so smart. It is so, so smart. smart. Utilize, leverage, and just have fun. And also to kind of like carry off this conversation that no one's going to hear um, that we had, you know, 45 minutes ago. If you were to do this, yourself on your own say you never went to college but you figured out google adwords you want to do all this stuff wrote up a case study about this and then pitched it as a case study to get a marketing job an entry-level marketing job but you'd have a good chance of getting that job even if you didn't have a good degree it's true i mean more and more it's becoming popular to do like a test like a creative test or some sort of like deck when you're in the interviewing process so like study up and just be ready for that more than anything. Yeah. I think there's like some weird laws around employment exams. Um, like in some places, I think they're actually illegal to do employment I exams. I didn't um, have to do an employment exam, but I did have to put together like a marketing deck yeah. based off of like a fake problem. I think that's like, like a, that's probably it. like a workaround because it's not, a, it's not a test. It's something right. else. It's like um, a project. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay, So while we're on this, I want to introduce my new favorite segment. Perfect. What is on Alex iPad? Like not necessarily search history, but more so like what rabbit hole did Alex fall down this week? Yes. Um, (laughs) Alex like, which one should we choose? (laughs) Um, Okay. We're going to go with, the Fibonacci sequence. Okay, tell the people what it is if they don't know it. Also, I need to figure out how to make the word Fibonacci more present in my everyday life. It's a great word. It is. I'm thinking. It sounds like, like something like it should be like at an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Or like, do I need my plant that? Maybe. What? Ca- wait. Wait. What kind of plant do you have? I have a corn plant. Does it have leaves? Yeah. Does it have flowers? It's supposed to flower, but I don't have it. Mine doesn't flower. I don't think it's old enough yet. Okay. So the Fibonacci sequence is a series of numbers that appears 
everywhere naturally, in the right? world naturally. Yeah. And so quote unquote, <laughs> naturally, no, it may be the foundation of the simulation, but who knows? We're going to fall down a deeper hole. But it's, I don't, yeah. And I don't know how I got here, but here we are. Um, it's like a weird, I don't know. I, this says, this article that I says that I'm reading says a mainstay of high school and undergraduate classes. I'm, I never heard about the Fibonacci sequence in high school or in college. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't take many math classes. So maybe that's why, but no. Intro to uh, contemporary math. We didn't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> contemporary math. Um, but it's just essentially like if you're an artist or a designer, another rabbit hole, art versus design. Let's save that. We'll do that. Um, Next week. But the golden ratio, like there's like this spiral that you see of mm-hmm. like portions and things like that. It's all based on the Fibonacci sequence. Um, even There's like this weird... Um, Let's see. Romanesque broccoli spirals resemble the Fibonacci sequence. There's like this really cool thing that shows the Fibonacci sequence, but it occurs naturally everywhere. So, um, and things like if you look at the the center of a um, sunflower Mm -hmm. and see how all the seeds in the center of a sunflower are laid out. Oh yeah, like in that perfect like in that perfect spiral. Yeah. That's that spiral is actually the Fibonacci sequence. Oh. Um and so the numbers it's like 1 1 2 3 5 8 13 21 34 55 89 144 um it's just a long series of numbers and as you divide these numbers into each other the higher you go, the closer and closer you get to 1.618. Um, but even mm-hmm. like um, after after one divided by two, I don't, I'm I'm not a math person. I'm, this is horrible. Uh, but everything is very very close to 1.6, and then it gets closer and closer and closer to 1.61 as these numbers grow. I love this picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Um, but it's it's found in music. So if you take like the number of 16th notes in a song and if it's a Fibonacci number and then you divide another Fibonacci number out of it, uh, there, there'll be like a perfect section in the song that is extra great. Some songs have it, some songs don't. It's just this weird thing that just naturally occurs everywhere. Yeah. Um, that I it's always... Each number is always the sum of the previous two, which is right. like a nice way to put it. Cause it's um, like, and from that there's like balance. So like, you know, there's, it's organized and it, it's appealing. So I, I'm not surprised that it's naturally found both in like music and nature. People think who think things look really beautiful. It's because like, there's mathematical reasoning behind the way you think it's beautiful because it's like perfectly balanced, right? Math is everything, unfortunately. We are math. We are math. Um, I had, so my previous employer, one of the co-founders was just math. Insane, super genius. I don't know, like actually a super genius. I don't know. One of the 
probably the most intelligent, interesting humans I've ever encountered in my entire life. Um, but those the, are the people you want to work for. Right. Uh, and the, the program that she wrote that we were building this app on top of, like the actual code, the model that she built, um, she, she was at the orchestra of listening to, I think it was Bach or Beethoven, one of their symphonies and all of like the numbers came appeared. She figured out how this would work and she saw the solution to the problem that she was modeling for. Like she saw it in the music. Visually. Yeah. Oh, dang. Crazy. Um, so that was one of my rabbit holes this week. I've been, you know, I pretty much work golf and fall into some. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that. You got to go golfing today. We're all stuck in the boardroom, AKA our living rooms. And you got to just enjoy the sun in the sky. Us out here in Minnesota, there's lots of golf courses open. Lots of golf courses busy. Um, I, I didn't work today Had a nice, uh, relaxing day. Um, so I got Friday off. Nice. Um, then. I essentially around lunchtime, I was like, yeah, I think I want to go golf today. So I found a, uh, went online and found a tea time at a, one of the local courses here. And it said like single, like one person. So I was really excited. I was like, sweet, like social distance golf. I'm just going to go, like, be able to golf by myself. Just go play nine holes. Sounds yeah. amazing. Be a nice little afternoon, throw on a podcast, and just walk the course, swing some sticks. Um, well, it wasn't the case. I got there, and there was three other people waiting for me at the tee box. Um, because when you, when you sign up for a single uh, and as a tee time, they're really just filling you in with a group of three others or maybe a, a twosome and they're adding one or they're a twosome and they're adding two or whatever. They're just filling. You can have four people in a party in a group golfing at a time. So they just fill up with whoever's around. So that was a, never done that before. It was an interesting experience. Um, Joining a threesome. Didn't, didn't play very well, but uh, <laughs> it was, it was fine. Hey, you know what? At least you tried it. And it was it was seventy seven degrees without a freaking climb the cloud in the sky. So oh my gosh. Nice little afternoon. I, um, and while you were doing that, I went grocery shopping at my local CVS and I spent sixty dollars um on a series of random things like two pizzas, some Oreos, some milk. Essentials only. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm obviously not going to buy everything I need at CVS, but right. I'm not going to wait in line at the grocery store to just pick up the small little itty-bitty things that I need, so yeah. whatever. Um, New York City, was re- re- did we already talk about this? Requires masks, right? Yeah, it does. Okay. I'm just, the whole mask thing is confusing, because in Minnesota, I don't know exactly what the rules are, but, like... I went to the gas station and like, no, like not even the workers at the gas station are wearing masks. Some of the workers at Target are wearing a mask. So it's not required here. It's encouraged. 
like you won't get like fined or anything but you will like you need to be wearing it at all times unless you're like exercising right kind of like the rule but um yeah like we're gonna kind of see how this all goes david and i are gonna take a day trip over on memorial day somewhere outside the city we have to like kind of like plan that out tonight nice and just to get out so we'll I'll have yeah. to report back next week on sure. what upstate or wherever we end up going looks like yeah have you talked to anyone like um like we know people like in dc area um or like updates from friends who have moved out of the city like what are their thoughts on like coming back to the city or being in um i don't know i'd be interested in hearing like what dc is like right now I know. So the Mueller sisters are in Minnesota. They oh, okay. not, they didn't stay in DC. Smart. Um, but a lot of my friends have like announced that they're coming back to the city and they're and my friends who have already come back who have maybe been who are gone for like two months, like have said, like, wow, it's so good to be back. Yeah. But like the reality is those of us who stayed saw the city like become what it is. Right. So they're coming back and like, I'm so happy to be back to New York, but like, it's not the New York. What is going on? (laughs) Right, exactly. Like you saw it at like the beginning of it all, but then now it's like totally different. Very different, yeah. That'll be Uh kind of interesting as people start to come back, like what that looks like. And Yeah, I saw something, or maybe it was on a podcast I was listening to. They said that um, based on, based on cell phone data that a data collection company has found, um, that 40% of residents in like, I don't know what's like one of the bougie neighborhoods, like the upper West side or something like that. Yeah. Uh, like 40% of the residents are gone. Like they left. Oh dang. Yeah. I hadn't so, heard that. And so That's they're like, so wild. it would be interesting to see if like those, like the really, really rich people come back to New York or if they like, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea. Well, there's some other crazy stat where it's like X amount of percentage of the apartments like aren't even lived in, but they're owned. Yeah. You know, yeah. like people just use, bought it up as like an investment property. Yeah. So once you subtract those people and then subtract the rest of the people who actually live here and know are like in their other second home, my friends who work in fundraising have said like, oh, like our first question always is like, oh, are you in are you still in the city? And then people are like, no, like I'm actually in my home in the Hamptons. And then like, yeah. it starts to like, you start to understand their, like, their capacity oh, to get. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Also, so what side of the Hamptons are you on? Like, let me Zillow your house real quick and see. <laughs> oh, looks like a really, mm, oh, well. Oh, is this yours on Sotheby Real Estate that's listed mm. for 170 million? Oh, you're downsizing. Yeah. Oh, sounds good. You ever do that? You ever go on Sotheby's real estate and just like look at the most expensive properties in the world? I mean, I work with Sotheby's. I work for I Sotheby's. That's what I'm asking. Um, yes, I do. And it's also crazy when we get the reports from the auction house about how well the art is doing. Because like that market, people are still buying art like crazy. Like they had one of their most successful sales like last month. Bless you. Um, that's me. I muted that. Did you hear it? Or did Dude, you no, I just like, I just wanted to just tell the world that you said okay. <laughs> Um, 
I'm in my apartment socially distanced. Don't worry. Yeah, um, exactly. No uh, one was caused harm by this news. <laughs> but the art world, like wealthy people, there's not a whole lot of places for you can where you can put your money right now mm-hmm. outside of the stock market. So like investing in art is a theoretically a safe place to hold hold value for a while. That's true. Yeah, like uh, just buy up a Picasso. Just kidding. A lot of contemporary art, I think, is being sold right now. So not necessarily like that. Those. Um, I can imagine being like, oh yeah, let me just get this like thirty million dollar painting for my entryway. Seems like a good. Seems like a good value. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, this is like a nice conversation piece. <laughs> when I was um in Vegas. In November, we were at this art gallery and they had original Salvador Dali's yeah. um, available that you could just buy. And they were like, not the actual paintings, but like sketches that led to the paintings. Oh, and they weren't even like that expensive because I'm sure like there are a lot of sketches. So they're right. not as valuable and they're not like the thing. But it was like, how cool would it be just to have like, I think it would be almost cooler to have just like something from a sketchbook hanging in your yeah. house than like the actual piece itself like that seems cooler yeah i found a uh i've like i have a couple of photos that i've taken that i'm gonna get uh printed hopefully here pretty soon because all my walls are empty um i have one photo on the wall here um but i found another uh there's this website it's essentially it's a fundraiser but it's a bunch of professional photographers and cinematographers um that are selling prints hmm. or to raise funds for, so I didn't look into it very closely, um, but some sort of fundraiser for Corona related things. Um, but there's some like really, really dope photos for sale, like archival prints, all, all the goodness. I love it. I'm like um, really into like supporting like local ceramic artists right now. I'm like on the hunt to like buy like you live in Brooklyn. I, I'm like basically on my way. I think <laughs> I'm like being phased out of Manhattan because I'm like my interests are like crop jeans and sandals and ceramics. And ceramics. <laughs> but no, yeah, I'm like I found this like one woman whose ceramics I like fell in love with. I'm like, oh, like I wish I could like make this like all my like plates in my kitchen but like one of her plates is 65 dollars i'm like well this is an expensive <laughs> overhaul this is an expensive thing to eat on yeah i'm like uh maybe maybe later. i want to do so you can get there's like for some of my favorite movies you can find like behind the scenes like photos of the cast and like mm. kind of like even almost like test shots for like the cinematographer um and some, I want to find some of those from like movies that I really, really love and get those kind of framed and hung. I think that would be cool. Yeah. I'm like, I was fell in love with a bookcase the other day. I saw it. And I literally, I like, I literally moved heaven and earth trying to figure out how I could fit in this apartment. <laughs> There's no way. There's just now, I don't have any wall space and I like, I was like, oh, I could do this, I could do that. And I'm like, well, the reality is this little apartment isn't mine forever. And one day maybe I'll have room for that bookcase, but not now. 
Yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm pretty close to needing another bookcase, which I'm very happy about. Love, I love having physical books. Yes, I love just like being able to display unique things in a unique way. Yeah. My um, I Hashtag bought this art. like, yeah. <laughs> I bought this like mirror this like eyeball mirror that I got off Amazon at the beginning of quarantine when I was like redoing my apartment and my mom sent I know right and I my mom sent me this article in like home and garden or something or like HGTV magazine and it was like fun easy ways to spruce up your house and my eyeball mirror was in that magazine dude feel so ahead of the curve trendsetter hmm Yes, they're like they saw it in my on my TikTok, and they were like, "We're gonna feature that mirror." <laughs> Do you have TikTok? Are you using TikTok? Yeah, I have it. I don't. I was really obsessed with it I, at the beginning. Now I'm like, don't really go on as much. Research but, purposes, right? For just yeah. like, yeah. I mean, we do have channels for work, so we have to like stay on top of like what's happening on the platform. But um, um, it's been interesting to kind of see. Uh, at first like my usage was like through the roof because some people are really creative on the platform so it's really yeah. cool um, I'll have to send you this one that I saw today that was really dope but then I have like I've made a few myself just so I can be familiar with how to like create stuff on it Right. Um, but it really is just like Vine that's like all it is yeah so it's uh, it's owned by a Chinese company called ByteDance yep um, when I advertise with TikTok, I get my invoices are from ByteDance. Yeah, and so they just announced a new value, a new valuation, mm-hmm. and their valuation is now fifty percent of the valuation of Disney. What? Which is did just you did you see that they tapped um, a guy from Disney Plus to be their new CEO? Did they really? Yeah, I'm trying. Let me see if I can find it. TikTok CEO. That's wild. Mm. Wild, wild, wild. I implore everyone to go read about data. (laughs) The importance of the data that comes off of everything you do on the internet. Disney's head of streaming is the new TikTok CEO. Kevin Mayer will lead the Chinese-owned app for making and sharing short-form videos. Crazy. He's probably pissed that he can get the promotion to CEO at Disney. He's like, fuck y'all, I'm out. Yeah, crazy. This, so that was the guy who would have, like, headed up Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Right? And so, mm-hmm. and then when Bob Iger stepped down in, what was that, the last week in February, they took the global head of parks and made him the CEO? Right. That's nuts. That's crazy. It's going to be a really interesting um, move. Uh, but a cool one for him. Because, like, you know, if you think about streaming in a typical sense in his line of work and now utilizing this on an app will be like kind of just for, like, short-form video, but also user-generated, not yeah. produced. Hopefully he doesn't have to go to China. I don't think so. He gets to work from home. Remember, we're all working from home. <laughs> yeah. 
but also you're oh, right hopefully he's not having to be based in china well there's actually a new york office for tiktok for tiktok okay mm-hmm. so um yeah that's wild there's a and i don't know i think it'll be interesting to see how it potentially evolves like mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like a platform that ages well with its demographic right right like Instagram works because like it's literally it's like it's just sharing photos so like you might use like stories more when you're like 16 to 22 but I think people in our demographic use it more I think people use stories more now but it's it's still kind of just like a photo album on your phone and kind of to share with the world and I don't think that like making weird like dance videos and memes on TikTok is something that ages as their users age so i don't know what type of staying power they have i could be wrong but that's just my i mean it'll be interesting youtube is trying to do something like tiktok right and like offer their like short form and like kind of restructure their platform to showcase the videos differently which will be interesting um, but I agree, like, the meat and potatoes of TikTok, like, doesn't seem like it's going to scale as much. But, like, it's been interesting. Like, I don't think I saw Instagram being as popular as it became. And it's yeah. grown in a way that it's become, like, this really, like... Scary. Yeah, and it's, like, it, the way people leverage the platform and the way they've been able to leverage, like, video and photos. Like, right. it'll be interesting to see, like, what their next steps are because I think they've kind of, like... They're essentially this really fun, like, photo album, to your point. You know, it was, like, one product of Facebook evolved and became its Instagram. And it's, like, solely based on sharing moments and all the ways you're going to be able to do that. I think that's only going to continue to grow. Like, their model is really scalable as we think about how to, like, do that further. So That's okay. And that's something else to think about, too. Like, how create, like, one, like, people post TikToks on Instagram. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not great for TikTok. No, it's not. Um, like, but can you imagine uh, imagine Instagram without stories? Oh, yeah. It would be so boring. It's weird, right? Yeah. But Instagram just ripped off the tech from Snap when Snap refused to sell to them. Mm-hmm. There's a new app called Clubhouse. Okay. It just raised... Um, $10 million in primary and then the, the founders got a million each in secondary from injuries in Horowitz mm. and it's in beta and has 5,000 users. So it's like, you can't even get it, but it raised fucking $12 million. Um, they're pre-revenue, uh, which is a great, great term for up. trying to start a company. <laughs> um, we're pre-revenue, but like we think we can make money by doing this. So you should give us $10 million. Um, but apparently like Mark Zuckerberg was in this, it's essentially a new social media platform Mm -hmm. where there's like, essentially it's just like a live room. So two people are talking and then you can enter the room and listen in and ask questions and like maybe participate. It's a, a fairly interesting concept. Um, apparently the, uh, Mark Zuckerberg was part of the beta group. Like he got in. Interesting. 
and and that was like two weeks ago. And then I think it was either this week or late last week. Um, they announced that the clubhouse announced that they did this raise. Uh, but then Facebook rolled out a new feature called rooms. Yeah. Where you, where you can just start a room and all your friends can join. It's like, holy shit. Ugh. I was going to say, I was going to say, it's kind of funny that they trusted Mark to go in there. But I did have, I did hear about rooms like maybe like three weeks ago because we were tapping all different resources as to how we might host online events for work. And yeah. rooms was one of the options. Um, but yeah, it's really, really, I don't know. The thing that's interesting about Clubhouse is this idea of like, what's become really popular on Instagram Live is like two rappers going back and forth, you know, happy yeah, rappers, rap producers, all that kind of stuff. It's awesome. Right. So this would, this type of platform would basically kind of like lend itself to be <laughs> awesome for that. But the reality is, it's already happening on other apps. Like, uh, why would people go somewhere else when they can art when they're already fitting into these? spaces yeah i i wish i could like use it but it's literally like it's not on the app store you have to get it's in um it's in the apple beta system so you have to get like a special invite to it yeah that is weird i think but if you can like potentially interact with the people then it just feels like it might just be like a screaming match to get noticed but I, I think, know. like, I don't know, I think, like, maybe it's a, maybe it's the solution for doing live podcasts. Yeah, it's true. Like, you can come in and you can just listen live. And then, like, if you have a question, like, you can do a Q&A after every podcast that you do or, you know, something like that. It might be a good way in, like, a, I don't know, it might assist in the distribution and development of new media. Or even in education, right? You have, instead of uh, going to a lecture, you go on Clubhouse and listen to the lecture there. I mean, that's like, it could be like, um, yeah, I mean, it could actually do lend itself really well for like event planning. Right. Yeah. Especially if you can do like a main room and like breakout rooms or whatever. Like what we talked about with Elise, like that's exactly the type of things that would be beneficial. I'm trying to find this thing because I know you're going to enjoy it. Okay. So remember um, how we used to watch a ton of videos with um, Gary Vaynerchuk? Gary V. Yeah. So he had this initiative where like you could like text him and he would like yeah. do a Skype call with you. My friend got a Skype call with him. The this whole like new like text thing is crazy. Text he, like, yeah, yeah. It's so many like celebrities are, are doing it now. Um, a lot of like a few of the comedians I follow, some of like the music artists. Um, and it's interesting, like I listen to Gary Vee talk about it. It's essentially like text has a 98% open rate. Yeah. And so they're comparing text to email, essentially. Right. And now we're in a place where, like, everybody's glued to their screen. So people, like, aren't, like, caught up with their day and, like, sorry, I was too busy to respond or I just didn't see this. It's like, oh, no, everybody's reading everything in full. 
Yeah. And like you have like you have their attention. Yeah. Are and you I've leveraging seen, it? I've seen artists who have like they have a separate phone just for this thing. And then they'll go on, they'll text their fans. It's like personal engagement from like a music artist who has millions and millions of fans to a single person. I mean, there's I don't think there's a better way to actually make a lifelong fan than that and actually be like, yo, this person. Yeah, it makes them feel accessible. It makes them feel like I could be you one day. Like you remove this um, point of elitism and you become part of like a culture or a movement or whatever. And like, I thought it was cool that Gary Vee was doing this because so much of his entrepreneurial spirit is so intoxicating and people like want to be a part of it and they want to ask questions that they feel are like i don't know in like unique to them but the reality is they a lot of people are asking the same question so he's like able to like leverage his brand way more like her question was like i know i have the skills to do well at some of these jobs but i can't get my i can't i'm not like i don't I can't get the job that I want. Like I'm not pat, like the brands I want to work for. Like I can't get in the door. And he's like, she's like, what am I doing wrong? He's like, cause you're accepting the jobs that aren't the brands you want to work for. She's like, Oh, and he's like, it sounds simple, but it's the truth. And he's like, I know like we do a lot of things to like basically um, to accept jobs for the ones for a job, because like we need the job. But like, if you're doing that, then like, remember your hustle and like, you should still be like pursuing these things, like reaching out to these people, reaching out to these execs, like scheduling meetings, like doing what you can, like to get in so that you can be a part of that culture. He's like, don't stop until you're there. And he's like, your biggest downfall is the fact that you said yes to something else. And it was like so clear because it's like, know what you want and go for it. Yeah. Yep. Build your network and be Mm -hmm. better than other people at what you do and you'll get to where you want to go exactly it that's the other thing you can't you gotta fucking be good enough at something sorry but you might not be good enough you might not be good enough yet you might never be good enough at something that you really want to be good at i think you know so many people feel like i can be there i can do this i'll take whatever job you want no like take the job that you're passionate about at the brand you're passionate about. Like, don't like, you know, like I work in digital marketing right now. Is that my like forever track? Probably not, but like, it's a really good skill set for me to grow my career in combination with another bunch of skill sets that I have to offer something greater in the future. So like, it's all part of, yeah, it's all part of me working towards a bigger plan that I have in my back pocket for like the way I want my career to go. So, um, yeah, like, and I think it forces me to think very strategically. I get to think with like creatives. I get to think with senior management. I get to I get to understand the minds of our consumers. Like, you know, there's so many great aspects that come with this that I don't get as like a, I didn't get as like a designer every day. I didn't get access to it. So it's all part of the, all part of the good as I build my dream career. You should read this book. Hooked, how to build habit-forming products. Yeah, I should. It's really, really good. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, In true Alec form, there's like a million tabs of notes. Um, it was really interesting. And it's very like, um, when I first started reading it, I was like, okay, this is going to be a bunch of bullshit. Um, because imagine that I'm very skeptical of 
how this thing, how things is Googled hooked um, for uh, what do you call it on Amazon? And the first was hooked on phonics. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Um, no, I think you'll like it. It's really interesting. Um, they essentially like they tie some like marketing principles, like earned media, paid media, things like that into the product development process. Mm. Um, and so it's pretty interesting and it talks about like, how do you engage users? How do you find users where they want to be engaged? All those, all those good types of things. I think you'd actually be able to implement a lot of the things if you're not already. Um, awesome. But yeah, I think like I've lost our train of thought, something about careers, but, um, I think the hardest thing, like for a lot of people though, is figuring out what it is they want like what is their end goal like what is mm -hmm. that end thing like i don't have that figured out um i look at good enough for now right now i'm like in the right i'm in the right direction haven't quite found the perfect lane yet but um and i've been lucky enough to have a pretty interesting career path and be able to kind of being at ground floor of things while also working with large scaled companies. So I've kind of been able to see both sides um, and having a work like essentially in-house and at an agency, being able to see what types of projects I like doing, what things I want to do more of, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you just got to figure it out and then be also, better than like people at it. The bigger, the more you have your dream defined, probably like one, it's not going to be everything you thought it would be when you get there. Definitely. Maybe it'll be everything, which I hope that for you. And two, um, the reality is like, you're not gonna, your path or like your dream might totally change. Like where I thought I was going to be when I graduate is never where I landed but my path is really cool and I have no regrets. So like it just all keeps changing and happening and you make sure you're pushing yourself. And the minute you get comfortable, are you seeking new opportunities to grow? Are you changing your career? Are you moving to a new company? Like don't be the smartest person in the room, find the smartest people in the room and like stick with them. Being the dumbest person in the room is pretty fun. It is learn always constantly relearning like my job right now every day i'm learning something new and it's like it's so rewarding to finally like i feel like i'm surrounded by some really smart people and i'm thinking really differently and i have to think globally for the first time ever which has been really really cool yeah and like user behaviors and like culture just like all these things that are coming together to like sell products and it's been fascinating uh, we had a client this year and I'd never had to deal with this before, but they're like, yeah, so what does this look like in German? And I was like, Ooh. Uh, uh, let me find out. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, those types of things. And yeah, I don't know. I think this might be like, we, I don't know. Sometimes I think we may be on the outlier of like pursuing career. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, I have my job. I'm happy with my job. This is what I want to be doing. Um, I am like, I'm like, okay, I've done this job for 
six months, I think I'm like ready for something new or like a new challenge or at least a new client or a new type of project. Like I'm always like trying to feed that thing inside me. That's like, what's next, what's next, what's next. Yeah. And the nice thing is with your current work, you get to work with a whole bunch of different people. So like the work is constantly changing, which is like a really nice environment for you. Yeah. And it's really helped. Like I've figured out like building product is what I'm most interested in. Mm -hmm. Like building websites for people is like fine. Um, But if I can be in the process of like, how do like, these are our three core users. This is their problem. Mm -hmm. What is that solution? Like that's the process that I like to be in. Um, And then like figuring out, and that's something that they kind of talked about this and talk about in this book is like, how do you figure out like, these three audiences, these three groups of people, they're all like, one of them is 45 with two kids, works a nine to five. One of them's 23, graduated college, lives in an apartment. One of them is 33, single, living in the suburbs, whatever, right? Love very different lives, very different experiences, but you need to build something that works for all of those people. Yeah. Um, Those are like the really fun challenges. So fun. I love a good profile. The first, the first product I worked on was how do we uh, introduce machine learning and algorithmic trading to agriculture? So I never quite figured that one out. Um, they're still working on it. Okay. That was a little, that was a little bit too much of a, a dive for me and try to like figure out commodity trading and then also figure out how to put it in a consumer app and make it easily understandable. I think we got pretty close on a couple features, but still, still on yet. <laughs> still doing it. Still. Always oh, right. Well, um, next week we won't forget to click record. Yeah, I think we should touch on one more thing that we talked about already, but we should talk about a lot too. Is I think. Joe Rogan moving exclusively to Spotify in September is fucking yes. insane. I forgot about this. Spotify. No, I mean they're they're about to change their entire model. I this is there's nobody that's exclusive to them. They have they have like they have known of this caliber that's exclusive to that to that. Fair. Like yes. the Joe Budden podcast is exclusive to Spotify. There's some other ones that are smaller. Um, there's one for the from the Ringer with uh, Chris Ryan and Chuck Klosterman called "Music Exists" that I recommend. It's pretty good. Um, no hundred million dollar deals. No, and this is the first one that has gone from yeah, definitely no hundred million dollar deals. Um, and I'm pretty sure this is the first one that's gone from like not on Spotify at all. Mm, refuse to be on Spotify to being I am only on Spotify so his entire 11 year catalog will move to Spotify all of the audio and all of the video so Spotify has been rolling out they're calling it vodcasts video podcasts Um, they've been starting to test this um, new way of displaying video in their new word that's like vlog but like podcast right <laughs> we'll see i don't i don't think that'll stick but 
that's what they're calling it. Um, and they started to test that and they'll be able to fully roll it out with Joe Rogan. Um, some reports have said that currently he gets upwards or up to 190 million listens every month, which is just fucking insane. His, the YouTube video of his last podcast with Elon Musk has 13 million views alone. Just the YouTube video. So, I mean, I mean, it's on, it's on Google play. It's on Apple. It's on Stitcher. It's on every other podcast platform. Mm -hmm. Um, Come September, it'll be available on Spotify by the end of the year. It will be available only on Spotify. The entire catalog will be erased from everywhere else except for Spotify. It's like no the Verizon more. guy becoming the AT&T guy. <laughs> Just about. Um, so, like, you won't even be able to watch Joe Rogan on YouTube anymore. Um, oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like, it's going to direct all traffic. So, they're going to keep – So, wow. and I think – I actually think this deal has probably been in the works for about a year. Um, because a while ago, like, they, unle- they um, unveiled, like, a – jre the joe rogan experience clips official page where it's just the clips from jre Mm. um and they did that a while ago and now it came out they're going to spotify the only thing that will be available on youtube is the clips got it so they've been building this page so that they can maintain subscriber growth and all that type of thing on youtube but then all of that youtube traffic from jre is now going to direct, oh, you like this? Go download Spotify. My God. So there's, um, some people report, have reported that they think it might boost Spotify's revenue by anywhere from a half percent to three and a half percent. Yeah. That's a significant amount of money. Crazy. Um, like it's gigantic. It's going to disrupt, like, there's just so many people that listen to this podcast. It is insane. I, and I think that's the crazy part, like showing how many listeners and like doing the math behind podcasts is still such kind of like a elusive figure. Right. And like that alone is still enough for them to be like, we're going to like, we know you're within this many million or this many million or whatever people. And we're going to just bring you over, even though, like, we don't have sound data to back it up. Yeah. Um, one thing, like, I thought was really interesting, um, one of my friends brought it up, was that, like, this might actually hurt the podcast itself um, because it's it doesn't – it makes it harder to find. There's not going to be, like, you stumble upon – a YouTube video with Joe Rogan and a guest that's a three hour podcast with like, he just, I think like Tony Hawk was on today. Like if you're mm-hmm. watching Tony Hawk videos, like, Oh, Tony Hawk and Joe Rogan. Like I want to listen to that. Like that's right. not going to be able to happen seamlessly on YouTube. And fortunately Rogan is a fairly like, depending on who you ask, if you actually listen to Rogan at all, he's a very like moderate person politically. Um, yeah. And he has such a wide variety of guests on it. And because his reach is so wide that it's great to have all of these different types of ideas out in the world and circulating. So hopefully that will be able to continue under the umbrella of Spotify of like some crazy person and some Mm -hmm. other crazy person um, 
hopefully none of that goes away because that's super important. Um, Maybe Spotify becomes the new YouTube library. Yeah. I mean, and the big thing with podcasts forever has been discoverability. So Mm -hmm. that's doesn't change. Um, Hopefully. I mean, that's really tough. Discovering podcasts is tough, but uh, yeah, I think there's like wave of new media. Like we talked, we talked a little bit about this in the unrecorded version of tonight's episode of like these old institutions are like kind of being put on watch and (laughs) they're going to, they need, they need to die because people like Rogan, people with other platforms that are being built, Barstool sports in the sports world. Mm -hmm. uh, Like they're taking over these big institutions that used to do the media. Right. And just because it isn't a legacy media company that's telling you information doesn't mean that that information isn't valid. So it's true. Pro new media guy over here. New media guy on the fly. All right. I think it's all all going to shift. Corona's making the shift. shift. Everything's changing. It's all moving and grooving. Media. Fibonacci. Fibonacci. Just kidding. Maybe we can maybe we maybe we can find the solutions in the Fibonacci sequence. Um, Yeah. All right, everybody, look out for Fibonacci this week. (laughs) Yeah. Count count if you see a flower, count the petals on a flower, and then look up the Fibonacci numbers. And my guess is that there's probably the number of flowers is probably a Fibonacci number. The number of flowers, number of petals. Number of petals on the flower. Okay. I should count the number of leaves on my plant. I don't know if it would work, but you could try. You know, it's one of those things where, like, it starts appearing because you're looking for it. The movie, the number 23? Right. Well, now I'm going to see it everywhere. Love that movie. I see 9-11 everywhere, which is weird. But (laughs) like, Are you in a constant state of emergency? (laughs) Um, I literally like almost every single day I pick up my phone and whether it's nine eleven in the morning or nine eleven at night, like it's just this weird thing that I do all the time. Mm, it follows. It follows. That's a stupid movie if you've ever seen it. I haven't seen Don't it. watch it. Is there Don't any uh, do you have any content recommendations? What should people anything you've been watching? Ooh, um, yeah, we just binged this really dope show. Uh, crap, what's it called? Yo, if anyone has good, like, uh, dude, haircut at home ideas. No, I, you need to really keep great. growing it. <laughs> It'd be really great because I need a haircut. Um, dude, I can't believe we fucking. Okay, Car Masters Rust to Riches. Okay, that was a David pick. It was a David pick, <laughs> but this show is so cool. Okay, remember the whole thing when we were in high school where it was like, trade a paper clip for a thing, and then you trade it for another thing, and then you for another thing, and the next thing you know it, you have a house. Or a telescope, if you, you know, that, office, that episode of The Office. Right, exactly. So this is what this guy does for cars. He, like, gets a car for, like, free and then they like fix it up and they sell the car. And then they're like, okay, 
we're going to sell it or we're going to do a trade for that next car. And then this next car, this guy wants, and he's willing to take this car and maybe like something else that they have at the garage. And that pair is going to get them this other car. And then that car is like a rare car and they're able to sell that for six figures. The whole show is like based off this business model of like these people like kind of like get really weird paychecks because they wait out for the big paying jobs. It's fascinating. And the cars they do are so beautiful. That's uh, it's like what my dad does. I don't, my dad's never sold a car for six figures, but uh, that's. Well, then you and your dad would both love this show <laughs> because literally they made one of the vehicles that they made. This guy's like, yeah, I'll give you this super rare car, um, but I want you to make my favorite Hot Wheel um, a real car I can drive. And they're like, we'll do it. And they did it. So cool. Yeah. My dad did that on like a very like family needs model of like, oh, that car is totaled. So we'll just buy it for dirt cheap and then I'll just fix it. And then we can have a car for a nice car for cheap. Um, Like the car that I drive, we we got for like $700. What? (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Um, the closest thing I ever got to a custom car was me showing my grandpa a Hot Wheel and then we carved it out of wood and I roasted it at the Pinewood Derby for Boy Scouts. So I, that, those are my custom wheels. I, uh, that's something I want to I want to build a, a 1963 F100 unibody. That's, what, that's the project truck that I want to build. There you um, go. Potentially this summer. Might be a good summer project. We'll see. Yes. So that's my this week recommendation on Netflix. It's good. That's a good one. Um, also, oh. you would love um, the woman on this show. Her name is Constance Nunez. And All right. She is a brilliant my interest. <laughs> and she's a brilliant engine specialist and she's like the only woman in the shop and she like runs the show when it comes to specialized engines and she's so fun. Love it. Um, okay. Have you seen magic for humans? Uh, uh-uh. it's one of my favorite shows on Netflix. Season two was like, okay. Season one and season three are great. Um, they're like 20 minute episodes. We love it. And this guy is like, he's a comedic magician. So like, he just, he does magic tricks for people and it's all like, there's no like a moral of some sort. Um, the season two is like very based on like morals. It's all like, mm-hmm. he just had a kid. His mom has Alzheimer's. So it's very like moral driven in season two. Um, um, season three just came out. It's very, very good. It's very, very funny. He has a segment called magic for Susans and it's just, I fucking laugh every time. Um, and then he has a segment called uh spoiler spoiler alert where he'll literally he'll say with someone he says this is spoiler alert and then he'll yell like it's on my keychain and then he'll like do a magic trick he'll like take someone's ring and like make it disappear and then he'll be like where'd it go and he asks them like i have no idea and he's like it's on my keychain. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, that's, to look. that's Netflix Magic for Humans. It's great. Um, my new favorite show, I'm not a reality TV person at all. 
but I told you about this last week off air and I just so everyone good. Watch, everyone needs to watch it. It's called Songland. It's on ABC. You can watch it on Hulu. And every week an artist comes on and songwriters pitch them song ideas. And then if they like the song idea, they send them to a, the studio with a producer to like re reshape the song, maybe rewrite a melody or a harmony, mm-hmm. do the lyrics, and then they re pitch the song to the artist. The artist then chooses one and records it. There's a new artist every week. Um, I have the Julia Michaels one on repeat on my Spotify like a couple yeah. times a day. It's, it's like so Julia good. Michaels, um, Luis Fonzi, the guy who did Despacito, um, Florida Georgia Line, Kelsey Ballerini, uh, her, like a wide variety of artists. It's cool. It's so fucking good. It's really good. If you're a music nerd like I am, it's phenomenal. Yeah, just the creative process. It's cool to be behind the scenes. I could watch, like, yeah, I could watch them, like, just, like, jamming out of, like, oh, what if this was the melody? Or, like, what if we flip this word to this word? Like, I could watch <laughs> yeah. that process for, like, ever. Yeah, because it's the Fibonacci sequence. It probably is, you know? <laughs> I did a deep dive. I was like, oh, so, like, if you ever, like, thinking about, like, website copy. Yeah. Of, like, well, so if you have like a one-line headline, this is so tactical. I'm so sorry for anyone that's still listening. Um, if you have like a one-line headline, would it make sense to then only pair that with eight, three lines of body copy or five lines of body copy? Mm. And then you have one, three or one, five, which are Fibonacci numbers. Or you could do two, three and or two, five because those are also Fibonacci numbers. Does it make sense like the visual ratio of the two contrasting type sizes make it more visually appealing by having lines of Fibonacci numbers. Mm. This is why this is why we need to open up because this is what happens when I can't do anything other than golf. Next week on Alex Spirals. <laughs> no, it's all good. Am I, we does that like make to sense get though? granular on this podcast. No, it does. And I think it actually would work. That's why my mind was like, my gears were shifting. Is that the right word? Turning. Um, And also in responsive web. Yeah. If you take a, right, you should take the hero image and Mm -hmm. make it the size of the Fibonacci rectangle. Right. in, In pixel ratio. And then you should just, your breakpoints for screen sizes should all be the ratio of a Fibonacci number. Ideally, it probably would just look balanced. And is that, is that what they already do? I don't know. I don't know. Did you just break the internet? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, I'm, we did two podcasts today. I feel really productive. <laughs> uh, now I don't know what we talked about on one and not on the other. Um, All right, you know what? We will. We didn't do any stock tips on the second one. That's probably for the better. Yeah, it's true. We're not financial people, but we like to talk, and that's why we're here. We did. We do. So thanks for coming back for another week. And next week we're only going to do one podcast. Now. <laughs> do what? It'll be recorded. I promise. And I'll say something earlier. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's on both of us. Uh, Until right. next week. How good you are.